AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for the Endeavor Aviation Group. Pittsburgh International Airport has been one of the leaders in aviation innovation in recent years with its continued investment in technology, forward-thinking moves, a willingness to take risks on innovation, and its move to remake the facility in a manner set for a modern aviation market. In the center of it all, Allegheny County Airport Authority CEO, Christina Cassiotis. Having ran the airport for the past eight years, she has guided it through the most transformative era of its being while putting an emphasis on building an airport for Pittsburgh, by Pittsburgh, to serve Pittsburgh. I recently spoke with her about the airport, the vision they have as an organization, and what the future holds for the facility. Well, Christina, I really appreciate you taking the time today to speak with us. Pittsburgh, there's always a lot of amazing news that comes out of your facility. You guys are doing so many things that's really fascinating and really innovative. So the first question I have for you today is tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get into this business? Well, let's see. From the earliest days of my childhood, I have been immersed in the world of aviation. My father was a Marine Corps fighter pilot. Um, flew A-4s off an aircraft carrier in the Vietnam War, was recruited to Pan American, and then he made the jump to United Airlines uh, when they were offering guys uh, the ability to keep their seniority if they could fly the Asian routes that Pan Am sold to United. So I would say that aviation's been in my blood right from the beginning. And I then had an opportunity to work at Massport, which owns and operates Boston Logan International, and then I started um, I started consulting to airports around the world with a boutique consultancy and uh, then got a phone call that said, what do you think about Pittsburgh? And here I am, eight and a half years later. <laughs> so there's a lot that's going on at your airport all the time. Tell me, what are the, some of the business challenges Pittsburgh's facing right now that you're trying to solve? Well, I would say that we are solving challenges related to travel, challenges related to the future of aviation. I am a firm believer that aviation needs to earn its right to grow. I believe that we have an obligation to let people know all the good work we've done to clean up and all the good work we are doing to do better as time goes on. And I actually think that here in Pittsburgh, we have an opportunity to actually lead the aviation industry in walking the path to a cleaner, greener economy and fuel future. And that's what we're working on today. With the natural resources we have here in Pittsburgh, natural gas, Carnegie Mellon, the University of Pittsburgh, right? Intellectual resources, natural resources, and uh, and quite frankly, just the innovation and grit of this community that has a manufacturing background. So we're putting all of that to work to figure out what we can do 
um, to help the industry do better. That's the big one. Then there's this whole idea of how does this industry overall innovate? Because I'm not sure it's always so great at that. So we're pushing on that. We hosted the first ever Aviation Robotics Summit here and invited leaders of the industry from around the world to come work with roboticists to solve problems for the industry, which was a huge success. We'll we'll roll that out again next year. Um, and we're testing lots and lots of technology and non-technology solutions that really help the passenger feel like we got you, right? Mm -hmm. How do we do better? as an industry and taking care of people, because I believe we're all in a people business. And I know that robotics has come up a few times with Pittsburgh. Why is that such an appealing thing that you're looking at as a solution to some of the challenges you have and for the industry as a whole? So my goal is to reflect and serve the community. And, and this is a community that, I mean, Pittsburgh is the robotics capital of the U.S., right? You've got Carnegie Mellon that spun out all of the has been working on driverless car technology for 40, 50 years. So, so by the time though that that group of 40 left Carnegie Mellon and went to work for Uber in December of 2013, Pittsburgh was already very well positioned as a robotics hub uh, and has been also in terms of AI automation, et cetera. So we want to put that to work here at the airport. That's why, I mean, to me, it's it's like, any resource. I want to make sure that we're taking advantage of the resources that are right here in the community as opposed to having to import them. So we've got roboticists all over the place. There are 130 plus you know, companies focused on robotics, automation, AI. So how can we how can we put them to work for the not only our airport, but for the industry writ large? And and that's just to me, it makes sense. We got a whole bunch of really smart people here. Why shouldn't we take advantage of that <laughs> and work with them to better to better the the industry and better the experience for people here, people who work here, people who travel through here. And that's interesting to have such a uh, eclectic bunch of resources right there to be thinking local when it comes to solving a problem that's not just Pittsburgh, but nationally. And that's a great thing to hear that you have available. Yeah, thank you. I I'm, I, I feel lucky and, and I really appreciate the spirit of cooperation that takes place in this community because there's just a lot of people who, who naturally show up with an how can I help attitude and how can we help? And we are always happy to say, oh, there's so much you can do. So um, that's been terrific. Now, Pittsburgh itself physically has also been undergoing changes, and one of them is your terminal modernization program. Tell us a little bit about the current status of where we're at with this uh, program. Well, we're about halfway through building, and we, let's see, we've, we've, we're about to place the highest beam, you know, the topping up should be within the next month. Um, we are right behind me, which you cannot see because the sun is coming through. You can see the entire site. Um, so we've got uh, cranes out there. We have the roadway system almost finished. We're looking, uh, the, the steel is going up quickly. Um, the first, I would say 25, well, maybe 20% of the new multimodal complex is complete. Uh, there's quite a bit of activity out there. We've got hundreds of workers, hundreds more coming. 
and um, we will be done in uh, early 2025. So this is moving very quickly. We're thrilled at the progress and excited for opening. So you still anticipate the 2025 completion date. It'll happen on time. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> oh, you betcha. Like just like any good airline, we built in. You know, we have the block time, right? And uh, uh -huh. and I'm gonna guess we're gonna go right up to it. But but that's why we, you know, we you build for that. You build for contingency. And look, we started construction as we were coming out of a pandemic. I, I'm thrilled at the progress at the partners we have working on the project, and we were very deliberate that this would be an airport built for Pittsburgh by Pittsburgh. So 90% of the people and the products are local. And I mean, even the steel that was manufactured across the river. Very yeah. cool. It's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Pittsburgh still makes things. <laughs> That's good to hear. And so what has been the biggest challenge this halfway point so far coming out of a pandemic? I got to imagine uh, it's something this big. It, there had to be a few rough spots that you had to try and work through. Yeah, I, I would say that. Look, we're, when you're whenever you're putting one new building up against an existing building, you're going to have to figure some things out. I can tell you that some of the challenges have really been around the as-builts, the drawings that we inherited from when this was built 30 years ago, didn't necessarily reflect everything that we found when we started to do construction. Okay, <laughs> so when you're drilling caissons or you're still or you're you know you're you're laying foundation you are start we found some things we didn't expect um so that that caused a, a little bit of delay here and there we also pivoted on the connection from the new building into the old building while we were in construction we figured a better way of having people exit TSA in the new building and arrive in the old building and that required a change order and uh, pushed us back a few weeks so that's okay. It's the right thing to do. We're going to be living with this facility for a long time, and we wanted to make sure um, we were really providing the best experience possible. And getting this thing forward, tell me about some of the biggest motivating factors the team has to try and get these improvements online and hit that 2025 deadline. The biggest motivation is uh, we have a schedule to hit, and we are going to prove to the industry that we can hit it. We are going to prove that to to the airlines who took a chance on us that we can actually deliver this program on time, and that we can deliver an airport experience that we promised, which is one that really does put the passenger first and uh, is is incorporating the type of you know technology, and I mean that's useful, that's productive, that helps people, uh, doesn't substitute for people, but actually helps people who work here and who pass through here. So yeah, we're going to hit it because uh, we, we've we got our reputation on the line and we care about that. Mm -hmm. And outside of just the big shiny new building you're going to have, tell me, what are you most excited about with this new terminal program? So the terminal itself is I would consider the the physical manifestation of all the change that we've been driving for the last eight and a half years. You know, it's not like we woke up one morning and said, let's build a terminal. We we have been on a steady, mm, a steady path, a steady, we have been walking very deliberately through how do we do the best we can for this community, for the people who work here and for the people who travel through here. How do we make this airport work? for staff, for partners, for passengers. That's what I'm excited about. I'm actually excited to open a terminal and feel like 
yeah, this works for lots and lots of people, whether, you know, you are um, a parent pushing a stroller with twins in it and it's <laughs> it's large and bulky or you have, a, you know, a, a, a somebody in a wheelchair or you are hobbling on crutches or you may be, you know, uh, visually impaired or like if or you've got sensory processing issues, this airport's going to work for you, not just for the single business traveler on the day trip, right? So we want to build a facility that that people feel they belong in. And my feeling is everybody's traveling for something really important. There's mm -hmm. something important happening. That's why this trip is happening. And, and so we want to make sure that the experience is good. And if things go wrong, that we can fix them. That's what I care about. I want people to feel like yeah, Pittsburgh, that I love traveling through that airport. I actually want to have that be the the predominant feeling um, as opposed to, oh, God, I got to go to the airport. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of airports we feel that way about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now we talked a little bit about the the robotics before and, you know, you're known as an airport that will take a chance on something new and a new technology. Why is this so important for your organization to be able to embrace? Because, because we have, it's really important for us to embrace innovation, to lead in innovation, because we want people to understand that that's what Pittsburgh has always been there. I think there are a lot of people and I was one of them that when they think of Pittsburgh, they don't think of it today. They think of it from somewhere between 1935 and 1965, mm -hmm. or worse, when still when the steel industry collapsed in the US. So, so I was one of those people. I, I hadn't been to Pittsburgh much. I think I had been here once before I interviewed for the job. And I remember thinking, mm, I'm not really sure that that's where I wanna be. When I took the job, I said to my husband, look, we'll stay for three years. And it's been eight and a half. Uh, because I didn't know all that this this area and this region had to offer. I didn't understand its history, and I certainly didn't understand what it was doing in the present. So I really, I really think that there's a huge opportunity for this community to be on display. And, and that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about, because it, 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 these are resources that just like way back, you know, Carnegie, Frick, Mellon, Schwab, Westinghouse, all these guys and guys, let's face it. Although there were a few women like Rachel Carson and Mary Amder and, you know, uh, Martha Graham and lots of women who came out of Pittsburgh as well, who went off, it went on to um, affect industries and arts and culture, et cetera. That's still happening today. And, and I think that that story doesn't get told as mm -hmm. often or as well as it can be. And, and I want this airport to be part of that. Mm hmm so what have been some of the biggest successes that you guys have seen in terms of the new technologies that have been tested and, you know, put into operation? Well, there's lots of stuff that we're still testing. I mean, one of the things that we've done with the X-Bridge, uh, we, so, you know, look, every, you know, I always say, you know, it's not what happens, it's what you do with it. So U.S. Airways leaves, goes bankrupt for like the third or 30th time, who can count? Um, and eventually is not even an airline anymore. So one of the things they left us with is a whole lot of space. And we have taken 10,000 square feet of that space and turned it into what we call the X-Bridge, which is actually an innovation center. We have uh, two, uh, two jet bridges connected because it's, it's in the terminal. 
and we're testing not only technology, but materials for the new terminal. So one of the things we uh, brought somebody in from the startup community. One of the things we're really excited about is like Alginair. I don't know how much you know about that, but this is um, this is an algae grow. This is algae grown in a in in sort of pipes, right? Um, that can be um, actually reducing CO2 internally and producing more oxygen, air quality. I think that's cool. It got tested here and it looks like it's got applications that they never thought of for airports. Um, and there's, I don't know, we, you know, we had the um, automated floor scrubbers with the UVC light during the pandemic. Um, we have non-technology, Presley's Place. We're very proud about that. We've tested um, uh, the, tested, uh, oh, what do you call it? NAVCOG for the visually impaired with Carnegie Mellon. And now we're working with IAG, the parent of British Airways Aer Lingus in Iberia, to figure out what's what we can do for airlines. So there's there's more coming and it's all going to happen because of the technology that we don't even know what it can do yet. So I don't know what the most exciting thing is yet because I haven't <laughs> seen it. But the stuff that's happening so far is cool. That's great. So tell me then, I know like Pittsburgh, one of the things you guys have been early adopter for the airport industry, at least in the microgrid technology. And even last year, uh, there was discussion about move, expanding what you have in place. What's driving your decision on this particular project and expansion? Yeah, so we, we the reason we decided to, to move forward with the microgrid is because we saw what happened in Atlanta and in LAX. So when the, when the airport goes down, it affects the system. Mm -hmm. And I care a lot about resiliency and redundancy. I think we owe that to the traveling public. We happen to our we happen to have natural gas literally right underneath our feet. So we it just made sense. Uh, we went out to bid and it, at no cost to us, in a public private partnership, um, a five natural gas turbine microgrid was built and a ten acre solar farm. So that's how we power our entire entire terminal facility. The whole thing is one hundred percent on the microgrid. I think we're the only ones in the world. And then the grid is our backup. We cared about we cared about decarbonization. We've lowered our carbon footprint, right, by building this. We cared about uh, resiliency and redundancy. We cared about lower costs. We've saved I don't know two million bucks in energy costs in a year. It's just it's a really good story, and so we want to expand it and see where else we can benefit um, any of the buildings on our property and, and how we can increase the footprint of cleaner energy. As an airport that has one of these in place, do you see this as the future for in aviation? It's just one of those, the way we're going as a technology, microgrids are just going to have to be a part of the equation at some point in time. I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, when you look at how interconnected we are, if, if, if an airport goes down somewhere in the world, you know, another airport is going to feel it and passengers are going to be affected. So I think it's I think it's smart for people who have the space and the wherewithal to 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 do this. I think it's responsible. And um, yeah, I think that we see hospitals with microgrids. We see lots of facilities that have resiliency and redundancy as part of what they need to maintain. We're looking at one for our advanced manufacturing campus that we have on site, neighborhood 91, because that's metals manufacturing. And if you lose electricity, you've lost the print run 
And when you're talking about metal printing, that's expensive. So we see lots of applications for these, uh, but first and foremost, you know, we're already seeing the benefits of it here in the terminal facility. Tell me a little bit about what is your favorite part of being an airport director? Oh man, how do you pick? Um, I love my job. I really love what I get to do. And I'm surprised because it's not like it was on my bingo card. I did not grow up thinking this is something I wanted to do with my life. Uh, what do I love? I I really, I love seeing how things work. I love the industry. I love to fly. Um, I like seeing, uh, what's my favorite thing is um, watching the planes take off and land every day outside of my window. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding people have about the role of an airport director? Oh my God, they don't even know what one does. <laughs> I, met with, I met with a contractor the other day. I, I like to meet with the CEOs of all of the firms that are working outside on that project. And one of these guys, a fantastic guy, he said, so like, what do you guys do? I mean, I thought the airlines ran this place. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about what airport management does. And uh, and I think that's pretty common, as a matter of fact. I think one of the big misunderstandings is that airports are actually run <laughs> by, a, by a separate team. That's That's what I would tell you. In your career, what accomplishment are you most proud of so far? Well... Uh, it's it's here. I mean, the accomplishment I'm most proud of is the team that we've built here in Pittsburgh and the team we've attracted, the team we've retained, uh, the people who have come through here and gone on to do other great things. I'm just I'm really most proud of the culture that we've built intentionally. It's not the one I walked into. I can tell you that. So what is it that motivates you to excel in this industry? I actually believe that aviation is the key to world peace. Really? I think, yeah, I do. And this is what worries me about what's happening in Europe. Europe is going to decarbonize by making it harder and more expensive to fly. That means fewer people get to have access to discovering that maybe people think differently than they do or experience the world differently than they do. And I don't think that's good for any of us. I think that coffee beans don't grow in Idaho and I need cargo to land. And you need planes to do that uh, efficiently so they don't rot, you know, on a sea journey. So I, I would say that, you know, look, I, I believe in aviation and I believe that like we saw with the um, Icelandic volcano when it shut air travel down in Europe, it matters that people can get from point A to P point B on a plane. And I, I want it to be sustainable and I want it to be um, something that lots of people can enjoy. What do you want your legacy to be in the industry someday when it's all said and done? My legacy to be that we did things here in Pittsburgh that nobody thought we could do, and we did them well, and other people said, let's do that too. Whether that's in accessibility and sustainability and innovation, I, I, want, I want to impact the industry, and I want people to know that it, it happened in, coming from, out of Pittsburgh. Well, you're certainly on your way to accomplishing that. That's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate, I'm very flattered that you said that. And thank you for, uh, for letting me talk to you about this stuff. I, I really love doing it. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Visit aviationpros.com for all the latest innovations on airport improvement projects and subscribe to Airport Business, the publication airport leaders turn to more than anyone else. I'm Joe Petrie. We'll catch you next time.